Yeah. All right. It so says we, it's recording now. So that's just the little that's the little button. Easy, Looks like we're live. Easy. I gotta press the fucking good morning. You say good. What else is new? Good morning. Oh. Yeah, good morning, right Vietnam. What else is good? This is episode. I don't know. Seven. Seven or eight. Uh, yeah. And it's but it's a, a special one. It's a very special one. Tell the folks at home why it's so special. We have our on. we have our very first guest. Yeah, we do. Uh, he's. MCing at the club this weekend. Which club? Where uh, do we live? Oh, we're in Kingston. He's at Absolute. Uh, this is probably going out after he's off to the next place. But we got Lars Kellyo in the building. Oh, yeah. There's, Actually, you guys familiar with the old joke where there's a comedian on the stand and they go, uh, so you were the MC that night? And, the, and under oath, he goes... Yeah, but normally I headline. Are you guys familiar with that old tale? I, I think I've heard that chestnut. Yeah. 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 Well, the, you guys' introduction was he's emceeing at the club this week. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Again, episode seven. We're still. <laughs> I asked. Okay. So still the, very rusty. What I like is is that we discuss like what credits do you want mentioned, and I'm like, I don't care. We don't need credits. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, Would you like us to mention your headlining or emceeing? No, I'm like, well. <laughs> Uh, the one I'm doing would be preferable. Yeah, no, no, that's, but I felt yeah, like that same. guy who was on the stand, like, uh, normally I headline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the character from that old urban yeah. legend. Well, and we when, knew that you knew that legend, so we just wanted to yeah, yeah. set me up for it. Walk you down memory lane for sure. Totally <laughs> well, planned, yeah. 100%. Well, when, um, when the host fucks things up, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Lars has toured all over the world. I say all over the world. He's done 25 countries. Yeah. Uh, you've toured with... Oh, Bob shit. Saget. Bob Saget, uh, the great Joan Rivers. Yeah, I should say the, the great Bob Saget as well. He's kind of a legend. They're both great. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? Australia. <laughs> I've Australia. been blackout drunk. I've been blackout drunk with Bob Saget. Oh shit! More than a few times. No kidding. He's great. Oh yeah, you can put him back. He's a nice guy too. Super he nice. seems like he seems like a fun lad. I mean, I saw most of like he was on Joe Rogan recently, and he's telling stories about. Uh, just like everybody, yeah. he just, like because he's been doing comedy for like forty years. So yeah. he's got stories about like Rodney Dangerfield and stuff. Well, Dangerfield discovered him, so he he was That's on wild. Dangerfield's one of his young comedian specials. Yeah. So Saget started in late seventies, and then Dangerfield was one of the guys that championed Bob Saget. And Full House was supposed to be a sitcom about three comedians living together. That was the original pilot for Full House. Huh. So that's why it was Bob Saget, Dave Coulier, and then they changed, they flipped it so that he was like a morning TV guy. But Bob Saget <laughs> was a was a pallbearer at Rodney Dangerfield's funeral. No kidding! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he told he told the story about um, and like showed Joe some photos about uh, like getting Rodney Dangerfield's weed pipe or something. Oh wow! Yeah, and then there was some controversy because like later Jim Carrey claimed to have gotten. His weed pipe, so unless he had multiple pipes, oh boy, someone ain't fucking telling the truth. And yeah. it's like these guys are both legendary comedians. I know Jim. Jim's done some stand up, but he's like more a TV movie guy. Uh, but then like Saget's done a lot of TV. I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody's a legend. I'm not trying to pick any fights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody is a legend. Yeah. But just think of the press you get if Bob Saget gets this yeah. and hears you not calling him great. And then starts shit talking. You guys will blow up. Yeah. You yeah. guys will be the next WTF. I was like, yeah, you've toured with that Bob Saget guy. You've also toured with the great and legendary Joan Rivers. Yeah, Joan Rivers, the famed MC, Joan Rivers. <laughs> the famed MC. You total oh, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> she could host, let me tell you. Oh, man, she was the best at They would yeah. always give her headline spots. She's like, you know what? I just, want to to do, I just want to do 10 off the top. Yeah. Get the crowd warmed up. Yeah, fuck my name up. Throw me up oh, first. Man. Fuck it. 
Yeah, that's uh, so, you've been to Australia. You go for several months out of every year. Yeah, it has been. Um, I was there last year when this all went down. Oh, so shit. I usually start Ooh. at the beginning of March, and then I'm there till the end of May or mid June. And I we were we did a week in Jesus. Perth, uh, March. Well, I landed in Perth on like March seventh or eighth of 2020, and then we were flying to Tasmania for a week of shows, and we landed at the Melbourne airport. And when I turned my phone on right after we landed, so it had been March 17th, we land, turn my phone on, my phone is blowing up. Like, ding, 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 text, text, text. Everyone's got, get home, get home. I honestly, I thought a nuclear bomb went off in Canada. Wow. Like, I had no idea what happened. And I was like, what, what? Like, no one gave me context. It was just, get, are you coming home? Are you coming home? Yeah. And what had happened was our prime minister was on TV, and that's when he went on and made his announcement. And he said, uh, if you are abroad, you need to come home now. And I remember thinking, you can't call them that. Like, that is <laughs> not the right term. Yeah. I think we've updated it. And, like, how bad is the party going to be if all the dames are gone? Like, you are not. <laughs> but I'm, the line that got me, so I watched that press conference yeah. in the Melbourne airport. And I had a connection to make. Like four and a half hours, I'm flying to Tasmania right, right. for a week of shows. And then I'm coming back and doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And the line that got me, he said, you need to come home while commercial travel is still available. Shit. And I'm standing in an airport. Like, like, if they shut down flights forever, I just live in Australia now, which is great. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. so I have four and a half hours yeah, to decide yeah. what to do. And I was like, if they shut down flights, who knows how long they'll be shut down for. So I, w I had to go to the airline and I told them to take my luggage off the plane. Like, I'm like, I'm not getting on that next flight. And they took my luggage off. We called, we got through to United. We called Air Canada, or United and they changed our flight. So it cost me $900 to change my flight to fly home the next morning. Wow. So we spent Jeez. March 17th and I got drunk with my very good friend Joe on St. Patrick's Day. We were the only ones in the bar. <laughs> my, my favorite bar in the world is a bar in Melbourne, uh, in downtown. They call it the CBD, the Central Business District. I was going to say, Australia. in an airport? No, no, no. Yeah, we, we got to leave the airport. Yeah. And <laughs> so I went to at the Exford. Like, the Exford is my favorite. If I, I want my ashes buried under the floor in the Exford. Like, that's where I would want to be buried. Big, yeah. big shout out to the Exford. Thank you for supporting uh, local <laughs> comedians getting drunk. Oh, and yeah. It's well. the greatest place in the world. It's my, it's <laughs> my happy place. And so I went there with Joe and my very funny comedian Ryan Short from Edmonton and myself. We got drunk on St. Patrick's Day and then we got on a flight the next day and flew home. And I remember the flight from Denver to Edmonton. The, the flight attendant was this guy and he said, to, he goes, we've been empty for a month. And he goes, now it is jammed. He was like, what's going on? And we said, our prime minister came on and said, you have to get home. Like there's no, what like, flights are going to be, you know, canceled. Yeah. And a couple people got stuck in Australia for a few months. Like they, once they shut everything down, they had trouble getting out. Yeah. yeah. They probably did that on purpose. You think? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. the place, wasn't Australia on fire at that time? Well, it was, uh, it was oh, on wait. fire just before that. So their summer would have been, so this was March, so this would have been going into their fall. Okay. So their, their like December, um, November, December would be their summer, January. And so it was super hot. So everything was on fire. And we did a big, this is a, it sounds like I'm being self-important. We did a big fundraiser because I spend time in Australia before, right before I left, we did a big fundraiser in, in Edmonton for the Australian wildfires. We raised $4,500 and sent that to Australia for oh, the wildfires. Nice. And then... They shut everything down 
And actually, well, here's a yeah, well, that was a boring part of the story. Anyway, <laughs> we raised some money. It was um, it, that's awesome. The people over there are just great. You love it. Yeah. When you get there, if you're in Australia as a comedian, the audiences are you are well received. Like they they're great. But there's a fun. It's a large country with a small population. So their population is about 24 million. They became a country in 1901, so it's similar age to Canada, and it's a Commonwealth country. So it's the same like wit. It's the same snappy, sarcastic, also, biting yeah. kind of Monty Python like tongue in cheek. There's a lot of sarcasm. So you could be sitting in a pub in Australia, and you don't even realize you're in Australia. You look around, you're like, I'm just in Canada. Like it just feels exactly like Canada across the board. With just a slight accent. And after about two weeks, you stop hearing the accent. Really? Because you're so immersed in it. You're, it's just a part of it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So there was a funny moment when I was in Perth, uh, 2019. When I was in Perth, I get on stage and there was a girl who turned out she was from Calgary. And I get on stage and I he- I'm talking and I hear her turn to her friend and say, is that how I sound? <laughs> and the Canadian yeah. accent, after you stop hearing it for a long time, it's jarring. I love our country, but that whole, how's it going, eh? Like, just this, you're like in your face of yeah. like, it's blunt. Yeah. And it's, it is a, like, it's, it's not a, a gentle sounding accent. It's yeah. <laughs> no, and I think a lot of Canadians now are like, we're doing it almost as a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, we're making fun of ourselves, but we're just, no one knows we're doing it as a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, yeah, we're just doing it. I've spent a lot of summers in the States. I used to go to, I'm a really cool guy. I went to a Christian music camp a lot as a, nice. as a teen and a young adult. Did you get a flute in your pussy? Uh, <laughs> no, but I put, no, no. I did zero fooling around at that camp. It was a tragedy. There Where was were, it located? Uh, it was in Green Lake, Wisconsin. Lovely. Big shout out to Green Lake, Wisconsin. Some of my formative years held there. I don't know why I'm doing hails and horns <laughs> <laughs> about a Christian music camp. But yeah, I made a lot of really good friends there. But that's not the point. Uh, they definitely made fun of me a lot for my accent and also like taught me how to speak American. Yep. So like out and about rather than however the fuck we say it. I think we just say yeah. it normally. And they're, yeah. In that situation, well, they're saying it's fucked It up. seems out and about. Well, yeah. which, which is interesting that people from Wisconsin would make fun of somebody from there. Well, that's, from their just, yeah. that's just where the grounds are. Like there were people from all over oh, I see. the the country coming in. Yeah, so it, was a, it was a Baptist music camp. There's a. Well, I did the Seattle comedy competition in 2008. That's a much better credit than what no, I just dropped. Well, no, no, the, it's re- related. So it's a month long competition. Well, it's yeah. like three weeks if you if you make the finals, as I did. And oh, yeah. we'll brag. So Peter Gray, who's the director of talent for the Seattle and San Francisco comedy competitions, Peter Gray, after every show, would point out a word that I was saying that tipped off that I was Canadian. Oh. And so over the course of a month, he got out most of the words that made me sound Canadian. Huh. And then now when I perform in the U.S., occasionally something will come up, but there was so many things, little ticks that he would he picked out and, and stripped them all away. And, and so when I'm performing in the U.S., it's it, you can pick up on it, but most of the time it takes them a little while. Right, there's like just something's off, but you've done again. You've had that that uh, leg work done. Yeah, so it it's was, all that's wild. It was pretty neat. And here's wild. a fun. Okay, so we're uh, trivia. Okay, so if okay. somebody puts a sticker on the back of their car, like a Playboy Bunny sticker, a Transformer sticker, something yes. like that, what do you call that? Oh, 
Homosexuality. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, I know this has actually come up with me and my friends because, again, super cool guy. I play a lot of games online. Most of my friends are from the States. Yeah. I have pronounced what I think you're referring to as decal. Right. Which is a local colloquialism. And they go, what the fuck <laughs> did you just say? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, a decal. You a know, decal. It's like a sticker yeah. on like a, you know, yeah. like on the plane they have them or on cars. It's a decal. Do you mean a decal? Sticker? Yeah. Decal. <laughs> so, sticker sticker yeah, or sticker. That <laughs> works. Too. That's, there's one way to pronounce uh, that. So I'm in Florida <laughs> yeah. doing a show and I say, I saw this girl with a decal on the back of her car. It was like, it's a daddy's little angle. It's misspelled angel, I assume. <laughs> or I go, yeah, or she's into protractors. <laughs> so 15 minutes after I've told this joke, a girl yeah. right in the front who'd been sitting there, she goes, 15 minutes later. Oh, you mean decal. <laughs> 15 minutes after I had told the joke, oh, she God. sat there for 15 minutes trying to figure out what a decal was. <laughs> and she was like, decal? What the hell's a decal? So it's a deck that goes all the way around the house? Right. <laughs> what they the have, fuck? It was, it's such a funny, weird turn. You were like, you just, we just assumed like, well, it would be a decal. Isn't it a de-? and like They're like a decal? decal? I'm like, what? Like, no. It's- yeah. But we, like, it was such a point of contention. Yeah. Uh, with me and my friends that we eventually looked it up and we found out that, yeah, it is this sort of regional dialect thing where yep. some areas pronounce it one way and some pronounce it another way. Yeah. And you find that out quickly yeah. as yeah. you tour. You know, I had a Winnie the Pooh joke that would do really well in Canada. And then when I would tell it in the US, it wouldn't get any laughs at all. There just wasn't this instant connection to Winnie hmm. the Pooh. By the way, I'm very hard hitting with my comedy. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard my knitting bit, but oh, that fucking ripped the room apart. Oh yeah, no, that can the crochet uh, closer. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking beautiful. You'd be surprised how many people are into that shit, especially I, with especially after the quarantine. This is the time yeah. to make knitting jokes. This is, <laughs> this is the time for arts and crafts humor, you know, because people. Yeah, macrame. Do, yeah. You guys old enough to remember macrame? Uh, oh, maybe. You guys, you, so is that like where you put beads on the yarn? So there's shit? some beads, but mostly beads, it looked like wicker, but was bendier, and it would mm. hang house plants from. So your house plant would be hanging in this. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember the term. Kind of looks yeah. like a comfortable dream catcher. Kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. that's right mm. for your plants and stuff. Yeah, that's that should be their marketing motto. Like a comfortable dream. Like catcher. a comfortable, there like a go. dream catcher for and your marketing plants. wizards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so I I wrote the the knitting joke as a I it just makes me sound like I'm tooting my own horn the whole time. If I have time and That's I'm not the point, we have a horn sound on here. Yeah, you want. I think it's, I, it's three. I um, <laughs> I stop and change people's tires for them. I always want to see if I can do it in eight minutes. If I'm on my way to a gig, I won't. But if I'm on my way back from a gig and somebody's got a flat tire, like I'll pull over and help them change their tire. That's a good old Canadian boy right there. And I stopped and cha- helped this lady change her tire, and she was just mesmerized that somebody knew how to do this she was just watching me and she goes is this what you do for a living (laughs) and i said to her depends how tonight's show goes (laughs) so then i realized that there was things that were magical to me right like i don't know how knitting works and so i would tell this joke as a i don't i don't that just looks like magic to me yeah and the front part of the joke eventually falls off because it wasn't getting big enough laughs that it just became, it morphs into what it wants to be. And it became the knitting joke, which is like the ridiculousness of it because it was for your listeners. I was on a flight. (laughs) Pay attention, mom. And and there was a lady next to me knitting with full length knitting needles. And I thought, (laughs) how like this is no, we were fine with knitting needles. (laughs) 
<laughs> is, yeah. is ISIS aware that if they just start a <laughs> like a scarf, they'll be fine? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it all became that joke. But the ridiculousness of this lady knitting on a plane, and people will say in the crowd, I had this lady say, "You're only allowed to bring it on if you've already started the project. Like you can't bring them separate. You can't yeah. have your needles." And then your yarn separate. The extra to. small print in the yeah. Hair Canada brochures. <laughs> and like, how far do you have to be into the project? Or why wouldn't you? Anyway, it was fuck. I like like the my favorite part of that bit is uh, like you don't know what the fuck you're knitting until it's done. Yeah, I've always wondered that too. Like, how yeah. the fuck do they do that? Yeah, there's how gotta do you be know? a schematic or something, but they never have there, it with there's them. There's patterns and stuff. They're just brilliant. My yeah. mom, my mom is pretty big into into knitting. Is she? Yeah. Ask yeah. her what her favorite stitch is. Because people were teaching me about stitches. There's a popcorn stitch. And yeah. There's one called a yarn over, which they call yo. Oh, that's a yo. And I'm like, oh, you guys wrapping your yo, 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 popcorn <laughs> stitch, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, uh, but, but you're right. It looks like, how do they know? And so the, if the listeners are like, I wonder how that joke goes. Um, it goes well. It goes, oh, my God. Kill, no, kill a bit. No, it did, <laughs> yeah. it did kill at the club. We were, we were there on Friday. We saw Lars. Yeah. And he had a fucking... The crowd was, like, hot. Don't get me wrong. We're not trying to no, undermine. But, yeah, Lars fucking crushed. And one of the biggest laughs he got was, like, after he's been crushing for, like, 10 minutes straight... <laughs> He's like, man, I'm fucking so good at comedy. Yeah, <laughs> that hurt our feelings on and such just, a oh man harsh level. Just like the 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 timing and delivery of it was great, and that, that killed the room too. It was, it's a silly yeah. like I do it because it makes me laugh. Everything yeah. I do is just the ridiculousness. So the show Friday, the MC is very funny, um, and he's been doing comedy a long time. So he goes up and he tells a story about what he ordered at McDonald's and. Um, they gave him, he ordered no pickles and they gave him extra pickles. And, yeah. and I often, I learned it. I used to watch this MC all the time in Edmonton or did he headline? I don't remember. Wait, was Brian, was no. Brian from Edmonton? <laughs> no, 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 no. Different guy. Different guy. My bad. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, so this guy always used to insert himself in to the character of the other person who would be in the joke. So I learned that from a guy by the name of Toby Hargrave. So Toby Hargrave lives out on the island now out in BC. But Toby Hargrave, we, we were waiters together when I was 19 years old. Wow. Toby Hargrave taught me how to tie a tie. I didn't know how to tie a tie. And we had to shit. serve brunch. Toby. So not only that, he became a comedian a few years later. And then a few years after that. I became, but he would yes. always go back up and call back to the comedian's jokes as the other character in the joke, if that was possible. Right. And there was a, do you guys know who Wes Saharic is? Uh, He's a prop comic. He's wonderfully funny. So to give the listeners an example, so there was a comedian who goes up and he does a joke where he goes, I was working at a Staples and the vacuum was broken, so they made me mop a carpet. He's like, so I'm mopping. <laughs> Nobody asks you for help if you're mopping a carpet. So then, so then I go up next and I say, you know, before I did comedy, I used to manage a Staples. And when I was bored, I would tell the new guys that the vacuum broke and I would make them mop a carpet. <laughs> Wes Zaharik goes up after me and he goes, before I got into comedy, I used to sell carpet mops. <laughs> that's fucking awesome the, oh, so man. that callback of that character is always funny to me yeah. and when it's blatantly obvious that it, you really know what's going on sometimes if i'm on a long show with like you say you're in like new york or something there's like 20 comics i like to yeah. call back to somebody's set really early on where people actually have to go way <laughs> back into their mind what I, oh okay that was today yeah Fuck. um so Hope had told those two jokes that really the characters were defined characters. Yeah. And and he's like, he was working a fair 
Uh, <laughs> well, finish the McDonald's one. Yeah. So he yeah. threw this. We ordered no pickles. There was pickles on it. So he threw his chicken burger out the window and on the 401. So I go up and I'm like, the last time I was in Ontario, I was driving down the 401 and a chicken burger hit my windshield and it had pickles on it. <laughs> so I spent the rest of my drive trying to figure out did this guy deliberately order? So I really loved dragging out yeah. the the ridiculousness of the situation. And then he told this other joke where he said he was at a fair and the whole audience left, except for this one guy who was eating cotton candy, holding a teddy bear, having the best day of his life, watching the show. And right before the punchline, the guy walks away. Yeah. So to be that character, you really, I like, I was at this fair in Cornwall and I was I just won this bear. And I was eating my cotton candy. Yeah. And I love that. Fuck. Mm. It worked so well too because like uh, as Brian Hope his that bit cracks me up every time and then yeah. I just never even thought of what it would be like to be the the fucking character in it yeah and it's, yeah. I don't know it's just like a nice reward for the audience because it's like a callback it's something that they they've seen and then it's like oh he was he was watching this show too he's just like us yeah but he's just a lot funnier <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I was doing it at Vegas oh what was she's so funny oh my goodness. So she went up and told a story where she she was a comedian. She sleeps in her car sometimes. We we're doing like a round table where comedians would just go up and tell road stories. And she told the story where she's like she keeps a knife when she sleeps in the back of her car. As so you so, do. Yeah. So somebody, I actually do have a knife in my car for that reason, just in case you want to sleep on the road. <laughs> Take that as a threat, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody oh, knocked on the window and she pulled it. Get the fuck out of here! And they're like, I was just checking if you're okay. So she pulled the knife on the guy. And <laughs> so I went up to tell my road story. I'm like, I saw this car pulled over, and I look, and there's this girl sleeping. Well, make sure she's the okay. She pulls a knife. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, she's funny. I'm, it's going to drive me crazy. Anyway, I, it'll, it'll come, come back. To but you I, but I love the idea of that callback. But my comedy, as far as the audience really enjoying it, one of the things that when people say I'm really funny with my friends, I don't know if I could do comedy. The reason that people are funny with their friends is because you don't have to do setups. So if you were 13 years old and Jeff fell down the stairs. All you have to say is, hey, Jeff, be careful on the stairs. The setup was done five years ago. Yeah. Now the punch, you can just hit punch lines right, the right. whole time because there's no needs for, for setups. When you go up and call back to the other comedian sets, which I do for my own enjoyment, it is a little cheap. It is a little crowd worky. It is a little, uh, I mean, it's not, but I do it for my own entertainment. Mm -hmm. But the setup has been done. True. Somebody took all, so all you're doing is you're just hitting punch lines bang, 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 bang. You're just doing nothing but hitting punchlines. And that's why people are funny with their friends is because I don't have to even do any explanation. Yeah. I can just go yeah. up and just hammer these jokes. And I, 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 there's been a time, so I've, if you make the finals of Seattle or San Francisco, one of the really great parts is you get to go back and host. So there's 16 comedians per week, 32 comedians, but you usually get a week of hosting. So you actually get to MC and not that, just be lied. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or mistold. Okay, great. That's awesome. Um, oh, which you also get to do. So at the end of a comedy competition, they sometimes call it the stall set, like the person who goes up and stalls while they tabulate the scores. Oh, fair. Yeah. yeah. Now, as a comedian, one of the 16 comedians competing in one of the most prestigious comedy competitions in the world, you're waiting for the scores to come out. So the person who's doing the stall set, sometimes, um, if you're traveling, it's almost always, so the MC would also do the 20 minutes at the end while they tabulated the scores. Yeah. And I remember doing a show, I think it was Vashon Island during the Seattle Comedy Competition. And Wait, is that someone's name or a place? A place, yeah. Okay. It's an island you got to take a ferry to. I th I'm pretty sure that's um, where okay. the show was. So they come up and they set the scores on the stage. And they, they, they set the scores on the stage. 
and I'm in the middle of a joke, but I remember competing in the competition, like nail biting, waiting for the scores to come out to see how you did. Right. So they set the top five on the, and I'm mid joke and I go, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right on the scores are here. And somebody in the crowd's like, finish the joke. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, you don't understand. There's you know, these people want to, yeah, <laughs> I, I blasted. I'm like, blah, 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 two pounds of hash in my ass. Like I just, <laughs> I like just got to it. And then, cause I remember what that oh, looks like the joke now, but when, <laughs> When doing the competition, I want to see if I can call back to every single comedian's set. Yeah. So I can try and do 16 calls. It doesn't always work, but a lot of the times <laughs> you can do it. And by the time you're through 16, you've done 10 minutes of material because all you've done is call back to everybody's yeah. jokes. Fuck, that's sweet. I did I did a Zoom show recently and like I was literally Breger. making notes on everybody's sets before me. Because like I, I personally love doing that shit. Yeah. I know some people like might think it's cheap or whatever. And Tell maybe it trick, is, but you do same, not write jokes. You I do did, not that's prepare. actually the most writing I've done all year. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely is. I really, I really need to get better at that. Uh, I, wanted to ask, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask though, have you ever had any anybody give you shit about that? Be like, man, just leave my joke alone. Once I'm off no, stage. No, I've seen it happen to other people. Yeah. But it was in a competition. So when we were in the, okay. when we were in the finals of the San Francisco comedy competition, there's five finalists and one guy had a joke you could really do that to. I didn't do it, yeah. but another comedian did. And the other comedian's like, dude, you're not doing your own material, which I, I mean, it, it, it is a quick, it, I mean, you get to a punchline super fast. So I, I don't really care. I want to be able mm. to, um, I want, I don't want to care what other people do on stage. And so if somebody came up to me and said, hey, could you not tag my joke? I think I would honestly be like, get fucked. Like if you right. don't realize that I gave you the respect of watching your set and then referencing your joke, I'm like, I don't care what you think. Like I would be amazed if somebody saw me do that and actually went like, hey, could you not do my material? I'm like, you think that I do that? Like, now I'm gonna base my career on following you around, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's, tagging there's, this joke. There's no way you can sustain that. And then what are you gonna do? Like incorporate, <laughs> like actually steal their joke to get your one yeah. tag in? It's absurd. I oh. did something kind of. This was like uh, normally I wouldn't be this petty. I really love in comedy. Just do your own to work. Do your own time. Yeah. Like don't worry about what other people are doing. When people go out, oh he's a he's the joke police. He's a, this guy's doing a meme. Who gives a shit? Just do your own material, like whatever. Yeah, Jeff. Um, yeah, Pete. This is for you. And <laughs> okay, so I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what other people do while they're on. Like I'm just like, just do your own. Like why worry about what somebody else is doing? Just focus on your own career and call people out for. Look, guy's doing a stolen joke. Well, he probably won't get on TV then. Yeah. Like, like, who, yeah. Would you ever call out someone? This is all purely hypothetical. <laughs> if they wore. So let's say a jacket, the same jacket, even if it was August, a jacket on stage. What What are your opinions on jackets on stage? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Pete wants it, to know. It was the yeah. same jacket. Well, again, it, if if you <laughs> if your set could be stripped down by by a jacket, I mean, is that going to get you on CBC? Is that going to get you on the Comedy Network? Is that going to get you on Netflix? Like, and if somebody could fuck with your set that easily, well, no. Okay, so here's here's the deal. Yeah, just out with it. No one goes up after. Let's just, again, let's hypothetically say it's me. It's sure. me. Um, it's no Jeff. one goes up and is like, Jeff. tags it really like, look at this fucking guy with the jacket. Um, but like afterwards, like, why do you wear that jacket? It's fucking weird. So just like off stage, do you think it's weird to someone? I would tell the person to fuck off. I yeah. would straight up say like, why, like, I like it when I watch a comedian give another comedian advice if they don't have any like real credits. And by that, I would put myself in that, have you been on The Tonight Show? Have you been on Netflix? 
right. do you write for a professional TV show? If none yeah. of these things take place, why are you critiquing another comic? What well, there's no sense in like you're going to tell another comedian what to wear? <laughs> like who gives a shit? Focus on your own stuff. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. gasps> this this it cuts deep for us because. Uh, so again, I am clearly the jacket guy, and yeah. Pete rocks a full-on Adidas yeah, tracksuit. I, I can't believe you haven't busted my balls for wearing. It is Valentine's Day, so I'm wearing an all-red Adidas oh, tracksuit. You are wearing love colors, <laughs> but if it's yeah. one of your friends, yeah. absolutely. Oh, if your friends is like, dude, that's uh, that's nice. Yeah. It's nice to have somebody guide you if they're like, this is how the audience sees that. And I would ask the audience. I would I would especially ask women in the audience. I'm like, what do you think of this? And if they're like, ugh, oh, then well. don't wear. You know, but yeah. I make sure that you know, enough times. I was like, okay, ask the women. Maybe, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're in this for the women. There was a neat Bobcat Goldthwait had a funny line where he, these two comics come up to him after a show and they're like, uh, hey, you were, uh, you were really good. It was a really, really good show. Yeah. And Bobcat goes, you guys are comics. And they go, how do you know? And he goes, because you laughed in all the wrong places. <laughs> that's, that's, nice. that's about right. Yeah. yeah. But as far as, uh, uh, I mean, I, I get such a kick out of it when, if it's your friends, absolutely. Oh, 100%. I mean, Take it with a grain of salt, but if your friends are, that's coming from a place of love. If some person just walked up and said, "By the way, don't wear that jacket on stage," I'd be like, "Fuck what?" <laughs> has yeah. that has that happened to you? Because I know we bust your balls about the jacket. But it's never happened. Has it ever happened members. to you with the? Uh, with Tell the me, it's an eight ball jacket. Is an eight ball jacket? I wish it's it was that fucking jacket. You have to be wearing that jacket if you if you want to. And I to slap a lady on a subway, you got to wear that jacket. <laughs> an eight ball yeah. jacket. I pray if you don't if you don't know what I'm talking about, this sounds insane. But a man, <laughs> yeah, even if we do, no, no, a man slapped no. a lady on a subway in New York. He was wearing an eight ball jacket. Oh, got it. It's got, it all comes together now. It went oh. viral eight years ago. I apologize deeply. <laughs> oh, there's just, there's been a couple other things that have gone viral since then, including like an actual. No, this was the one thing outbreak, on the internet so. that went viral. <laughs> it's what before. made YouTube. There's, yeah. never, there's not been a judge with a fucking cat filter. There's been none of that shit. You yeah, see that clip yet? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. So fucking. That'll be fucking hot for like way too long just because uh, politics are boring again. I don't know if it's going to be that long. Like something else will come along, but that's a good one. Be... It's not going to be as long as like the Joe Exotic memes. What, what the fuck is that? Tiger King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Start of the pandemic. Big shout out to Joe Exotic. I don't know. I, I didn't like to, watch it. I like to, neither of I. I boycotted it. Nice. Yeah. Good call. It kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, uh, did you actually watch it, Jeff? Yeah, I did. I've always wanted to feel nonconformist. Yeah. That's pretty punk rock I, of you. I remember because I like my parents were musicians, so we grew up on the road, but oh. we were an Edmonton Oilers fan. And I remember everybody my favorite player was Wayne Gretzky, but I didn't want to tell anybody. Like, <laughs> Steve Eiserman. That's oh, yeah. my favorite player. <laughs> well, he's he's Stevie Y is pretty fucking yeah. good too. But I was lying. I was yeah. like I just, I just <laughs> Same with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like when I was growing up. I told everybody Jake the Snake. I'm like Jake the Snake, but it was Hulk Hogan. But I just wanted to feel. I didn't want to be like everybody else. Yeah. Right. Well, again, again, you're picking like really good alts. Like yeah. Jake the Snake is a fucking legend. Yeah. Jim Hacks. And from what Duggan. I've seen, really yeah. good guy. I met uh, I met Hulk Hogan in Key West, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I was sounds like lunch. <laughs> I was sounds having lunch at a place called the Hog's Breath. It was good pub. They always had live music. And I was sitting there, and I looked to my left, right next to me, like directly beside me as I was sitting down. I look at him like, man, that guy looks just like Hulk Hogan. And then I'm like, oh, man, he just looks exactly like Hulk Hogan. Can I get, I, can I get another drink, brother? Yeah. And then, did I tell you this story already? No. And then, <laughs> I just, he's, uh, yeah, he's. And, uh, he's and then it was, you know? it was Hulk Hogan. So I got up and I shook his hand. I was like, dude, when I was 12, you were the coolest human being in the world. <laughs> I still am, brother. You want a beer? 
Yeah, he was great. He was really nice. Wow, yeah. thin slice. I met him for. Is he a super tall months. guy? He was definitely taller, and his hand was massive. Like I'm a, I'm six two. Right. And yeah. shaking his hand, I was just like, like it was he, uh, fucking he was, baseball, man. Mm-hmm. Right? I get. Yeah. Well, he used to be like he's two inches shorter now because of all of the blows and stuff than right. he was when he yeah used to wrestle. But he was massive. You know how he got his nickname, right? Uh, Hulk, hold on. Do I know this story? Does he lift? He lift weights. This guy, right? He was super jacked. I guess this is my bad retelling of it. And if if there's any uh, big wrestling fans, get at us in the email. Send us the real version. I love to shoot. I love to shoot to the hypothetical <laughs> yeah, crowd. Right. Um, but yeah, I, when he was like coming up in wrestling, there was just like this guy's huge. This guy's bigger than Lou Ferrigno. We should call him the Hulk. Huh. So then, fuck, I don't know. Maybe his last yeah. name's Hogan. I think his name's Paul Hogan. No, that's that's the guy that's from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. That's definitely the Crocodile Hunter. Crocodile Dundee, no, whatever. No, Terry. His name's Terry something. Terry Powers. That sounds... No. Yeah. That's he, a guy uh, I worked with at a golf course. Big shout out. To, uh, if you need, oh, if you need a knocked off Terry cable Powers. guy, look up Terry Powers. Sorry, he was in one of the uh, the Rocky movies, right? He he never, like, yeah, yeah. He was uh, Rocky Three with Mr. T. Now, maybe uh, Sylvester is like crazy short too, but he looked like he was fucking seven feet tall in that movie. Yeah, Sylvester's really short. He's not Sylvester's actually. Tall. He's, big, he's big. We're doing buff guy heights here on yeah. uh, What Else is Good. Yeah. <laughs> buff guy heights. Jeff buff guy weren't you doing a thousand push-ups on concrete or something yeah but i did that now i've moved on did you actually get divorced now yeah of course i did that old chestnut yeah it's old fuck yeah yeah i get tagged with that a lot i'll, I'll get off people will be like that guy is a, a sad piece of shit i uh, try to bring this back up for you yeah i'm like hey you're doing my bit that's my whole thing <laughs> calling back yeah, i'm good. the divorced guy yeah oh yeah. here's a I only do this with my friends or people that I know, comics I know. But after a show, sometimes yeah. an audience will attribute a joke to you that wasn't in your act because they liked you. Yeah. So they'll come up and be like, hey, man, I really liked your joke about Easter eggs or whatever it was. So when I'm standing <laughs> next to the comic whose joke it was, normally I go, actually, that was his joke. What I do is I go into a really long explanation of where <laughs> I was when I wrote the joke, they were like, oh man, I really loved your joke about tricycles. And, I, and the person next to me is the person who told the tricycle joke. Yeah. And, and I go, yeah, you know what? I was with my grandmother. I remember it was her birthday and we were at tea <laughs> and I saw, I like, and it's a way too long, way too elaborate story about too where I was detail. when I wrote the joke. <laughs> and the person just walks away. You could always see the other comic like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I don't know. You're like trying to like suck the funny out of it too. Like, yeah, make it really yeah. edit like <laughs> to the point where like, I actually hate that joke now. Yeah. <laughs> too fucking much backstory. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Fuck. I love doing that. Yeah, you're good at. Uh, that's, uh, I was telling you this, like after uh, after the me. show. There, He's on, looking at me, folks. I'm, up, I'm looking right at Pete. The yeah. people know who I'm gazing at, okay. mostly. <laughs> um, I said you do that shit. Like you tag other people's shit sometimes. Uh, yeah, you're pretty good at it. Oh, like talking to. about your Zoom show. There was a guy I worked with. This guy from LA on a Zoom <laughs> yeah, show. Okay. Where he goes yeah. when you're talking about calling back to everybody's Zoom stuff. Yeah, I'll let you. Um, I got nothing. There, there was a guy. He goes, my website. This he was a very funny, very funny guy. And he's like, my website is bigassteeth.com. <laughs> Jeff was that you? So, you folks at home, I have regular teeth. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, so he's got beautiful. Teeth. He's like, I don't know, funny. Somebody should email. He was he was awesome. He was a really good comic. And he goes, oh, he's in New York. It was in New York. It doesn't matter. So uh, he goes, go to my website, bigassteeth.com. And then I went up and I was like, after my show, I was like, hey, if you guys want to check me out, I'm on normalassteeth.com. <laughs> yes. Which I do not have, have that domain name. No. It's, it's uh, oh, well, let's tell you how I got my stuff. 
<laughs> do you have a, do you like the website stuff or do you prefer like social media? I prefer social media. I haven't updated him. Like I got a really good web guy and he's been waiting on me to get him more content to put uh, on my website for like two years. I'm like, yeah, I'll get it to you. <laughs> Please, Lars, my kids are hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping, he's great. He's really good. His name's Josh. Nice. Um, shout out to Josh. Shout out. So when I was, uh, when <laughs> I was, little, there was this Reader's Digest joke and it was, there was two guys named Lars and one was quite, tall and the other one wasn't and they go we're gonna call them lars and extra lars <laughs> and right. i remember thinking that was clever so i got the domain name extra lars.com.ca extra lars yeah it's funny that people often go uh is it x i'm like no extra like the word extra it's e-x-t-r-a lars so there was somebody else who had the instagram for extra lars extra lars damn and i they hadn't put a picture up in a really long time and I couldn't track the person down because I, I couldn't find them. But finally found the guy and I said, look, I'll give you a hundred bucks for extra Lars yeah. on Instagram. And he's like, okay. Sweet. Yeah. So he gave it right. to me. I was for Twitter. I, 10 years ago when I wanted the extra Lars for Twitter, yeah. I couldn't, the person hadn't tweeted in for like years. Just, to, just not checking the shit. Yep. Yeah. And I mentioned that I can't find this person to, to get extra Lars on Twitter. And a friend of mine, she's a, Dana's her name, went to uh, a high school with her. Looked Shout home. out. To Shout out. <laughs> yeah. So Dana said, uh, if you email Twitter, if the person hasn't tweeted in a year, Twitter takes their handle down and releases it into the public. Oh, wow. sweet. They catch, don't do that anymore. Catch and release. Yeah. But they, so I emailed Twitter 10 years ago and they were like, yep, it's available now. And I oh. got it. So I got extra Lars on Twitter and Instagram. And the one, there was a band in Holland that had extralars.com. Hmm. And I Damn. I bought it from them. What, uh, they were called extra Lars? Yeah, the guy's name was Lars. And so there was a, like, he just had it as extra Lars. And I, I got that from him. So yeah, he yeah, was really nice. nice about it. The, the company cool, that was over there wouldn't release it to me until I paid them 85 euros. And I'm like, I'm not sending you. Like, I I own it now. I have everything. And he went down and paid them at their office in Holland. Wow! So that they'd release it. Yeah, he was really nice. What a champion! Big shout out to Lars from Holland. (laughs) All you Lars fans. What a unit! What a fucking unit! What a guy! And I follow everybody back. I always tell people, I go, you follow follow me, and I'll follow you back, and then you can unfollow me. You'll just gain a follower. This is verified. I followed you immediately uh, after the show. And now we're doing a podcast together. So not only will he follow yeah. you online, he will invite you over to just have some coffee. <laughs> yeah, this is this is Pretty why. Nice like, Jeff sent me a photo of uh, or like a screenshot of your conversation, and I was just like, "Is that that's all it takes? Just like a friendly hello?" And then next thing you know, we have our first guest, who's like a professional comic. It it's is beautiful. Extremely easy to awesome. blow Pete's mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, if you guys size of a great, I love not, not much too. I, I love this job. And I mean, uh, it's been my job now. It'll be 13 years. This I had, had a, worked at a, for the first five years, I had a day job, power company in, yeah, it's in Edmonton. Pretty standard, yeah. And I liked my job. And I, when I was, comedy got busy enough, there was no like noble leap of faith. It was, I was so busy with comedy that I had to quit my day job. And I went into my nice. boss and said, uh, <laughs> and I said, uh, I have to, here's my two weeks notice. And he said, well, he goes, if you give me three weeks notice, you get paid for Canada Day and you don't have to work it. So you get paid for an extra day you don't work. And I was Sounds, like, okay. 
Sounds yeah. like the best boss he was, ever. He was great. He donated a kidney to one of his nieces. Like, that's the type of guy this guy is. He oh, is a shit. diamond. Oh, well, that's a family member. I thought you were going to say, he donated a kidney to one of his employees. I'd be like, damn. <laughs> he's like, here, take this. That you is... might need this out there on the road. No, he's great. <laughs> that's really nice. Vicente. That's still pretty. That's still pretty. Yeah, it was really yeah. great. And the, so Canada Day is my, like, quitting my day job. And like 13 years later, I like wake up in the morning and I'm like, well, what am I going to do today? That's nice. amazing. Yeah, pretty lucky. So you, uh, were you, you're based out of Edmonton now? Yeah. And were you, is that where you started comedy? Yeah, I did. Yes. So um, it's pretty good. Sorry. Well, I grew up uh, for eight years of my life. We toured with my parents' band. What sort of music did they play? They were country music. Okay. Yeah. So that's tremendous. It really, everybody, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, country well, based on the tracks I, I was like, man, that guy, <laughs> yeah. that guy probably is a huge <laughs> Travis Tritt fan. I was trying to think of somebody obscure. More of a hip hop guy, you know. I'm all about the Beastie Boys. Jerk <laughs> 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 uh, They are my heroes. Anyway, but yeah, so uh, we didn't. Family, I band. didn't have a home for like over seven years of my childhood. So what, wow. like living on a bus or in hotels? And hotels, bus, <clears throat> van. How did this, did you, were you homeschool or did you just, yep. yeah, that's that cool. was three kids. My mom taught us all correspondence. We all learned, yeah, we're educated in hotels till I was 13 years old. So I grew up on the roads. So when people are like, where are you from? I'm like, well, I was born in Northern BC, but then my parents had a hit record and then we toured with the band for like eight years and then we settled just outside Edmonton and then I went to university in Edmonton and I've been in around Edmonton since, but when I was the wonderful, the very funny, the one of the most diamond human beings I've ever met, Jason Blanchard. Jason Blanchard pushed really hard to get me on um, cruise ships in 2010. I only yeah. did it for about four and a half years, but he fought hard to get me out there. And for from 2010, 2011 to 2015, I didn't unpack my suitcase. I was on the road like 45 weeks a year. Wow. That's for like five years. Yeah, I was lucky. I was pretty lucky. I'm like, you're standing in Europe. We do. I did one Mediterranean cruise. And I remember I turned. We're standing in the Sistine Chapel at the Vatican. Holy and shit. And I turned to the comedian beside me who was with me on the ship. And he, I go, Mike Dugan's his name. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I turn and go, uh, we got here telling dick jokes. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, then you look up on the ceiling. It's like, that's a lot of baby that's dicks. A lot of dicks. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. this chapel you talk about, is that where Michelangelo's David is also located? Is it at the Vatican? I don't... Uh, is David at the Vatican? I'm not sure. There is a... There is a, a like, there is a, a whole lot of Michelangelo work there, but I don't know if David yeah. is at the Vatican. I okay. think when I saw it, it was in St. Petersburg. Yeah, just to, to call back to episode two when Pete wanted to... Sneak into wherever that statue was and suck off Michelangelo's David. Well, because like Michelangelo, again, this is just a stupid thing, but we were like, he was like a really good inventor and he was very skilled. So sure. maybe he made a statue that like, uh, like maybe no one had tried to blow it. And if you did try to blow it, he had this feature where it like would it would actually that. get hard. Yeah. You know. Genius. Yeah, I feel like this is not. This should not have been. <laughs> it should not have been repeated. Well, I just realized Fuck. I hadn't thrown you under the bus in a while, so I thought, no, yeah, it's yeah, the time. you've been kind of quiet. So thank you for piping up Got with him. that wonderful piece. <laughs> I want to. I want to take a second and give a big shout out to Jason Blanchard because he nope. uh, he's one of the guys that has been through. He's uh, through a lot. Absolute yeah. here, and he's been like really supportive of all the comics here, giving us little tips and just sharing road stories and. Being an all-around generally cool guy. So. Yeah, JB. He used to come out to Edmonton, and uh, I, I did. I yeah, I had him at the Okanagan Comedy Festival. Nice. He came out to the Okanagan Comedy Festival. The, yeah, he's just a great. He's I mean one of my 
best friends in comedy, without a doubt. Yeah. Who's your worst enemy in comedy? Just kidding. My worst enemy? You know, so I work, I I try not to thin slice experiences with celebrities because you never know what they're going through. You don't know if they just got off a long flight. So somebody's like, I met Tom Cruise, he was an asshole. I'm like, you sat and had coffee with him and he was an asshole? Or you asked him for a picture and he said no. Like, there's a big difference. Like, I don't thin slice it. Okay, fair, fair. Of all of the comedians I've ever worked with, there was really, there's only a handful that were like not pleasant most like as you guys know they're all pretty cool hang yeah um kevin pollock i remember i worked a weekend with him really yeah and he was now i have some friends that are also because he's uh, uh Im- he does imitations um, yeah, the big, yeah oh yeah the walking guy yeah, right he's yeah. very good yeah. at that he was he killed he was great he's very funny um my friends who are impressionists say that he they like him that he's nice to them so again it's a thin slice i worked with him for like four days but i remember like Try, like just and I don't presume that we're going to be friends. So just like, hey, how's it going? You know, oh, yeah. man, hey, good. Yeah. Looking forward to working with you. And I remember they're like, hey, would you run this drink up to to Kevin Pollock? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I said it on the. And he had just finished the Halifax Comedy Festival because one of my friends had uh, done the festival with him. And I said, hey, I heard uh, the Halifax Comedy Festival was a lot of fun. And he was on his phone. I remember being a BlackBerry, and he just looked <laughs> up at me, and he just looked back at his phone. And I'm like, okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I guess we're here. Yes. But you know, he was funny that weekend. And he was, uh, that was our only exchange of the entire weekend. Mm. So my worst okay, enemy, okay. probably, uh, I mean, gosh. Uh, <laughs> As if he's answering this. I feel bad for asking such a stupid yeah. question. No, no. Um, but I am curious as fuck. Comedians who give advice to other comedians. Yeah, when they don't. And like too, too soon. Well, no, at any point. Like, oh. if somebody says something about a guy's jacket, like, fuck that motherfucker. That's my worst enemy. Like, you, you got Which, it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have to leave Jeff alone about his jacket, I, I guess. Have a, I wrote a joke. that it hasn't, it hasn't ever really landed, but the joke is, I'm like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And I'm like, your worst enemy? You don't have a worst. There's not some supervillain plotting against you. You're a fucking accountant. <laughs> like there's not yeah. I go your worst enemy is a repeating decimal <laughs> well, the jokes never really landed yeah. I feel I feel like I am someone's like worst enemy and not like to, like I'm a villain or anything but I think I think people dislike me enough where they're like I think about how much I dislike that man often I can yeah, think of a specific but, example but we don't have to yeah, get into but, that okay, let's say though like one of the things you know if somebody wants to have a beef with me I've often said that like look I all I want to do, like most of us, all I want to do is work. I want to do shows every night. I, if I could, I would work 363 days a year. I would take off Christmas Day and I would take off New Year's Day. Otherwise, every night of the year. And for the better part of my career, I've worked every single night of the year for 16 years. Like wow. I, I've been really, really lucky. That's amazing. And toured to the coolest places and done some of the craziest shit. I've been just the luckiest person on the planet. So when I think about a local beef. I think back to when Big J Okerson was talking to Joe DeRosa. Now, it might not have been, I know it was Big J. I don't, I, I like, so take this with a grain of salt. Sure. So Joe DeRosa's, and I'm just, again, paraphrasing, so whatever, but you insert whoever characters you want. So Joe DeRosa's in Philadelphia and he's complaining about a local beef. Big J's there performing and he goes, What the fuck are you talking about? So why are you, 
You're not even in comedy. It's like you're in Philadelphia. It's like get to New York. Like why are you fucking worrying about what some fucking open micer is doing in Philadelphia? And when I see like an I'm air quoting on a podcast. When I see like a beef, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I see like a a air quotes beef between local comics in fucking Edmonton, I'm like I love my city. I love it. It's been incredibly good to me. Good good clubs, nice people. Why the fuck are you beefing with a comedian from Edmonton? Like I'm literally working to get back to Australia. You're working to get clubs in Germany and England. I'm like, yeah. you're beefing with a comedian from fucking Edmonton? Get your head out of your ass. You're not even in comedy. And so if you just if you just completely focused on what you want to do, whether it's, you know, go to New York, get a late night spot, whatever, you want to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival. If you just laser focus if you just put blinders on and just laser focus to what you want to do i don't give a shit what somebody does before me or after me i rob Pugh is one of my favorite comedians in the world and rob Pugh is this like you know i remember he book when i was t- 10 years ago maybe longer he's like i remember him saying something along the lines of like a good headliner should be able to follow anything It doesn't matter if somebody's really dirty before you or somebody like tanks the room or somebody does too much, whatever it is. It's like a good headliner should be able to smash it no matter what happens before you. So I don't care what another comic does. Hey, I've had jokes stolen and I remember I called called the guy and I said, uh, hey, I heard, you know, there's a, we'd worked together a bunch of times and I said, and I respected him enough to call him. I said, we've worked together like 20 times and I was MC... 10 of those times. Actually, he, MC not. Yeah. <laughs> and he was yeah. like the middle act because we were both starting out. I go, yeah. you were the middle, like the MC 10 times. So we swapped roles. So I should have seen a version of the joke that you're doing in one of those times. Like, Or you could have come up and been like, hey, man, we have a similar joke. He stole the joke. which, But I said to him, I go, yeah. I want you to know I don't care if you do the joke. I go, just know that it's on my comedy now. And if people see you do it, they might think you stole it. But I'm not saying you stole it. I don't give a fuck if you do the joke. Yeah. Like, go ahead and do the joke. I don't, like, to, for me to focus on what some guy from Calgary or Saskatoon is doing, like, hey, the guy from Saskatoon's doing one of your jokes. I'm like, well, he's my friend. I'll call him. We'll talk about it. I'm not right. going to put it on Facebook. Be like, this guy stole a joke. And then... Pete, like, delete that post. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just don't, if you're like, there's comedians in whatever, Cornwall, yeah. Kingston, Ottawa, Toronto, they're, they're, they're mad. They don't like me. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, just focus on... You got to get to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So, the Melbourne yeah. Comedy Festival is a you're, fun... You're telling us? Yeah. We need to... Okay. I'll That's tell you goal, what, Jeff. I'll go with you. Let's go. I'll tell you what. You, you're, you're driving. So the, <laughs> so, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival yeah. is more of a fringe festival than it is a comedy festival. So, Ooh. how Australia works is there's a... Uh, so, going... Starting in the very west. So, it'll be like Vancouver of like very west. Perth does a thing called Fringe World. So Perth runs, then Adelaide, which is the middle of the country. Then it moves to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Now it goes Fringe, Fringe, Melbourne Comedy. It's a, it's a, for the most part, it's a Fringe Festival. There's 600 plus shows all over downtown Melbourne, like a thousand comics. And you can do a lot of showcase shows. So the, so every show is about an hour long. So they'll do shows where they go, it's the Around the World Comedy Show, and there'll be four comics on it, and they all do 12 to 15 minutes. So everybody does 12 to 15 minutes. When you're in Melbourne for the 25 days of the Comedy Festival, I've done more than 100 shows in 25 days 
So like, like four a night, pretty well. You're do well in Monday, Tuesday. Mondays usually most shows are dark, but on Saturdays, Sundays, Fridays, you're doing three, four, five, six. There's guys who do like seven shows on Saturdays. Holy shit, that's sweet. And you're banging it out. So you're doing all these spots. And when I was there, so 2000, I've been going since 2015. But when I was there in 2019, I said, okay, I got these three bits that I really want to work on. They're new bits. And I made myself tell them all 100 shows because I'm like, I have to hammer these out. Like I can't revert back to the old stuff because I want these jokes to work by the time I leave Melbourne. Right. And not only that, not only do you go to Melbourne and you get to do this 25 day long comedy festival in Melbourne, Australia, but almost all of the producers, if not all of the producers from the Melbourne Comedy Festival are actually from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Ooh, so spicy. the 25 day long Edinburgh Fringe Festival, what they do is they pick up the Fringe Festival that's 25 days long in Scotland and they drop it in Australia. Same shows, same producers, same posters, same everything. So they just take these shows and just plop them down in Melbourne. On the other side of the world. On the other side of the world. But you, you get to make all the connections for all the people in Europe because you're at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So now when I go to Germany, now when I go to England, they've all seen me a hundred times in Melbourne. So when some comic from fucking Calgary goes, I don't like that guy. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be in Australian Asia for four months. I'll tell you what I can do. I'll give you my password to my Twitter and you can fight with yourself because I don't have fucking time. <laughs> you know, if you need the validation to feel like... If the, yeah. the password is extra large. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. I gave it to them already. So that idea yeah. of somebody not like... it. Just, I just think back to Big J Okerson talking to a guy in Philly right. saying... What the fuck are you talking about? You got other shit to worry about. Yeah. You're yeah. not even in the game. Why are yeah. you worrying about a local beef? I let, let them all fight it out because if you just go, here's what I want to do. And this will be. So I, because I want to work what I would do. Here's a little trick for you. A little tip. All right. All right. Little tip. Take notes, audience. No, we're editing this out. This is for just Pete and I. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I looked at the, my calendar over the course of like, 10 years and right. I noticed that one of the really hard weeks to fill was always the week after New Year's Eve because everyone's all holidayed out there's no yeah. there's not really a lot of gigs so what I do is I start working in August to get a club booking in January so if I book the January I can fill up the first two weeks of January with like Winnipeg or Calgary or Ottawa or Kingston whatever I fill the January right. with clubs right. So when the work dies off, I have club work because I started working on that in the summer. Oh, so if you smart. looked at my calendar, I'm always booked at a club almost for the past, I don't know, probably seven or eight years. The week after New Year's Eve, boom, you can find me in Winnipeg. You can find me in Calgary. Find me in Edmonton. Find me in, because I filled that week first because it's so hard to fill. Okay. And damn. then the rest of the year gets a little easier. So the second hardest week is the week before Labor Day. Because everybody is trying to get the last hurrah of summer. Right, right. Everybody wants to get out, go to the lake, go to go the beach, be on a patio, go yeah, camping. Yeah. They're like, oh, school's going back in. Got to go back to work. Let's Still got some shrooms. We got to fucking. Yeah. So let's get the last one in. Yeah. So what I did eight years ago, I started a comedy festival in the Okanagan, the interior BC wine country. It's one of the most beautiful parts of Canada. Nice. I started the Okanagan Comedy Festival. Big shout out. I paid, yep. Sorry. So I paid for the <laughs> hotels, the advertising, the Damn. theater rentals, the radio ads, all out of my own pocket. And booked all the shows, booked all the comedians. So I ran it for the first year with a very funny comedian from the Okanagan named David Cobb. So we ran it and I funded everything. Um, 
Damn. So after three years of running it, I realized I don't know how to run a comedy festival. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Three years, I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Yeah, I was yeah. completely in over my head. Fuck. No idea what I was doing. We yeah. had uh, no sponsorship. We had no government funding. It was all just literally put it on my credit card. Out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Were you so, making your money back or no? No, that too no much? not the first three years. No, okay. definitely not. Fair but enough. I was booked the week before Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> Self-booked, but still booked. Yes. So... I called Robert Gallant from the Hubcap Comedy Festival in Moncton after year three because I law I like we year three was a like it was like fine New Brunswick Moncton that's correct yeah. the Moncton mm-hmm. shout yeah. out to, I gotta stop that so, I gotta fucking stop that I want to kill Pete so I <laughs> so Sorry. I call Robert Gallant and he's run the Hubcap Comedy Festival yeah. this yeah. is the, this was the twenty first year of it so at this point it would have been like seventeen or eighteen years in and yes. I said I've done his festival so I go Robert I've got this festival that I started in the Okanagan but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. I I'm, I try. I'm trying hard, but I'm like, here's what my posters look like. Here's here's the accommodation costs. Here's what I've like the right. radio. Here and he, I go. Would you consider running it with me? And he thought about it, and he messaged me the same day, and he said, Yeah, I'm in. So I hired my boss to run the Okanagan Comedy Festival. So he sends me tasks that I need to do <laughs> as we lead up to it. And yeah. I just do what, exactly what he tells me to do. Nice. And I've been on all the conference calls with all the venues. So he now has CBC on. So CBC's Laugh Out Loud comes to the Okanagan Comedy Festival to do a taping because of Robert Glant. Cool. We've had Nikki Payne, Ryan Belleville, nice. like all these big name acts because when Robert Glant calls, people pick up the phone. So here's a guy who knows how to run a festival. His is in February. Mine's in August. So they're almost exactly yeah. opposite. At and his, his is well established. He's got the template. Right. Yeah. And Shit, he man. has turned the Okanagan Comedy Festival into a real comedy festival. And every time I talk to him on the phone, I, I'm over the moon with the decision to call him. And I remember I was drunk. We were at the after party in 2019. And <laughs> we had to sign checks and stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm dry, and he walks into the room, and I go, "Hey, my boss is here." And somebody goes, "Here." And then Robert Gallant says, "You hired me." <laughs> like, he often like we've had like back and forth about. Like, he's like, "No, I don't want to be known as the festival manager," and I'm like, "Or the president." And I'm like, "I'm not taking those titles. I just want to. <laughs> I just wanted to do shows." Yeah. But we're at the point. So the the and the, the costs. I mean, I probably I don't know if I should divulge everything, but. Hotels, yeah. flights, radio ads, theater rentals, just over $15,000. And I paid almost that entire. And the last two years, we made our money back. So we broke even. Wow. Like even from the previous three years? No. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. No, that, that was pre-Robert. So I, I write that okay. off. So the, nice, nice. Yeah, it would have been nice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't even submit that I was owed that because it was pre-any real kind right. of festival. So. Right. It's um it's something I'm really proud of. I'm yep. really proud of it. And it sounds like you should be. Mm-hmm. But the whole motivation is I just wanted to be booked. Just yeah. want to work Labor Day, man. That's awesome. Week before Labor Day. <laughs> right on. And again, that's uh, what's the name of that one more Okanagan time? Okanagan Comedy Festival. Okanagan Comedy Festival for our I will four not viewers. Attempt to say that miss. word because if you say Okanagan. some of it wrong, you're saying you, you know what I mean. Well, here's um maybe yeah. So the. Uh, <laughs> The Okanagan. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on. I got to... Again. Oh, see if we can get both of you. In there. Should we, I'll, lean, I'll lean in a little bit. Pete, yeah. we should kiss. We man, should be I got um, <laughs> It's COVID, man. Come yeah. on. Um, so, 
the Okanagan <laughs> is, is a lake in Interior BC, about, about three hours from Vancouver. Nice. Uh, it's a huge lake, and uh, th- there's ton Okanagan. So it runs, the lake itself, I'm showing a map for our listeners. At home, so Google, it runs, Google Okanagan Lake. Uh, north to south. Yep. Like, and, a, like a string bean. Yep. And there's cities along. So there's Vernon, that's a city that's along it, and then Kelowna and Penticton. So these are relatively big areas yeah. so Okanagan yeah. I want to say is like I want to say it's like 150 to 200,000 I could I should just google it but they're biggish cities but they're about 60 kilometers so uh, um is right in the middle and then 60 kilometers south is Penticton and 60 kilometers north is Vernon right okay. so the lake is called the Okanagan Lake or Lake Okanagan so it's called the Okanagan Comedy Festival because that's everywhere the lake is is called the Okanagan Valley so the Okanagan Valley is a huge, beautiful wine country, amazing hills just coming into the mountains. But what I do is I send comedians to Vernon one night, then you're in Kelowna the next night, and then you're in Penticton the next night. So they're completely different crowds. That's so cool. Cool. Do you send them by raft? We do. Did we tell you this already? No. <laughs> the first year we booked a houseboat. Oh, sick. Um, that would, yeah, man, there were probably some good parties on there. Ah, uh, yeah. Those guys did it up. And <laughs> one guy, the one guy uh, named the Matt, back. Matt Labuki brought a mm. duffel bag full of Nerf guns. No. And we had a Nerf gun war on a houseboat, <laughs> 14 comedians, full-on Nerf gun war for hours. There was, again, there was just bullets everywhere. You could just pick them up and... and yeah, fight. that's amazing. So the, the Okanagan... The shore was littered with... <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, Thank God they Along float. the lake. Yeah. Um, we take comedians on wine tours. So we have a wine tour sponsor. Cool. Say hi, Okanagan wine tours. So we have a wine tour sponsor that that takes all the comedians out. And we all get drunk on wine tours, and and it's really like it's really really beautiful. And yeah, it sounds like and it's uh, if it wasn't for Robert Glant, it would be nothing. It would really like it, it's all him. That's sweet. So we should probably title this episode "Pre Robert." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the so there's a there's a monster similar to the Loch Ness monster in the Okanagan. And for it's real? called the, yeah. Well, they think there is. There's okay. a, like, uh, and they call it the Ogopogo. I was gonna say Og- Ogopogo. Yeah, the Ogopogo. Definitely heard of Ogopogo, and I've certainly heard of. So the our logo, Okanagan Valley, is if you go to the Okanagan Comedy Festival page, you that, should do it. Go there now. So yeah. we designed this logo. I really quite like the colors. I kind of stole them a little bit from the comic strip in Edmonton. The blue is the. I've always liked the blue that the comic strip. I was gonna. I feel like you stole that from the color or, or the planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. Green and blue, that's that's us. And initially... It can share. It's initially, his eyes were half closed, so it looked like the Ogopogo was totally stoned. He was just like, uh, like he right. looked big. Well, he's from BC. No, CBC's yeah. involved. Like, we cannot have the dragon be high. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was interesting. It's we been interesting doing fun. stuff like designing logos and... Um, yeah. Fuck, that's cool. All that behind-the-scenes stuff, right? You yeah, and... You running a festival. Being on the phone calls with Robert, um, one of the things that I would recommend if you're ever thinking about starting a comedy festival... Don't work with, and I'm talking about the venues here, don't work yeah. with a venue that's not super enthusiastic. It's been really enjoyable because Robert knows he's present, putting on a good show in there. He right. knows it's a world-class, you know, like really good show. And when he talk, we talk to a venue about being a possible venue for the festival, if they're not chomping at the bit to be a part of it, if they're like, well, we're not sure, Robert's like, uh, really nice talking to you. Have a nice day. Like, and he's really great at it. But if they're not over the moon to work with us, we don't want to work with them. And it's which is not to say we haven't you know had venues that we like really wanted to 
be in because we thought they were good setups. Yeah. But everybody who has been a part of the Okanagan Comedy Festival since Robert came on, the shows sell out and they're great shows and well-received and well-run and the ticketing system and every, he's he's just, he it's like a well-oiled machine. Just nice. slick. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best at what he does. Let's check it out. Yeah. Do you want to go for a drive? What you, yeah. What are you doing this summer, Jeff? Just sitting in my room because uh, there's a pandemic going Not on. Not anymore. We're going to <laughs> British Columbia. How, long, how many days I'll get to my drive license. There. I'll drive. From here? Yeah. D- depends how fast you drive, I guess. 80. <laughs> 78 to 80. <laughs> I was like, it was a comedian, another Canadian comedian's yeah. joke. He's like, whose was it? Was it? Uh, it might have been Brian Stollery. Yes, Brian Stollery's joke where he goes, uh, how long would it take to get from here to the Okanagan? He's like, well, that depends on your mode of transportation and your rate of speed. <laughs> fair fair yeah. points. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. <laughs> we can get her done in about seventeen days, I think. Uh, no, you can do it way we, faster. We can walk in seventeen days, man. Okay, you that's cannot not walk true. from here to there. In no, do you days. take you longer than seventeen days to walk it? But, yeah, definitely. But you could you could definitely drive it in through it. Oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, we used to as a family. We used to drive. I got a lot of family out in Saskatoon. Big shout out! I gotta fucking stop. Uh, but yeah, we would drive there in about four days and we were taking our time. Like Ontario, we get to Winnipeg in about two days. Yeah, I thought Ontario um, takes like f- a couple days. We had family day. there. Yeah, it's it's massive. The Winnipeg comedy yeah. scene is really great. There's really funny comics out there. Yeah, yeah I got some family out there too. My uh, cousin uh, does a little bit of like poetry. Nice. And I think before, I don't think he's been doing it since the pandemic hit, but he used to like go to some venues and do some readings and stuff. Dude, I've, done the, little... I've done the Edmonton Poetry Festival. No kidding. There wasn't a lot of open mics when I was starting out, so we would go to poetry nights and read our jokes as poems. <laughs> Fuck, that's a good just idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just the meter of a poem, yeah, kind of? Absolutely. They crush because people aren't expecting it to be funny. Nobody else is funny. Yeah, so I went all, up and yeah. I'd be like, I call this one technological advantages, and I would read as if it was a poem. We did the Edmonton Poetry Festival. <laughs> that's insane. That's I, awesome, when I started dude. out in Edmonton, there was a Tuesday night Yuck Yucks open mic, and a Sunday night at a place called Fargo's, and those were the only open mics. And after I was oh. about one year in, Fargo's shut down. So there was one open mic oh. in the entire city of Edmonton. And it's, wow. how big is it? Like it's a million. Yeah, Jesus. So I started going to, That's and it was brutal. all from Rob Pugh, I started going to music open mics. I started going to poetry nights. I started going to karaoke nights. So what I would do at karaoke <laughs> nights is, at karaoke nights, I would tell the DJ, I'm only going to do three minutes of jokes, and I'll just put my name in the rotation just shut the music off when I get up there. And I would go up and I would do three minutes of jokes. I wouldn't fuck around. I would just get to the material. <laughs> just bang them out. Mm-hmm. And the, the karaoke, I told this story. <laughs> so there was a karaoke. There was like, the karaoke people are quite territorial. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And crazy they scene. hated that I was coming yeah. and doing that because they thought that I was like jumping to the front of the line. They thought, like they, they didn't like me. Yeah, and you, I went got a for about, I want to say four or five months before they realized like I was taking this very seriously and I wasn't doing 10 minutes, I was doing three minutes, the length of a song. Yeah. And a- eventually they accepted me into the fold. So when I would walk in, they would go, hey, do you want to just pop up now? And they would let me just jump on for three minutes and tell jokes. And That's, that's so crazy because yeah. like the little that I've seen the karaoke scene, it's like sometimes you, you put your name in and you have to wait for like an hour yep. sometimes to get Absolutely. your yeah. three minutes way longer than an hour, yeah. drunken fucking... Yep. Rampage, yeah. yeah there but some, when there's no spots, what do you? What else yeah, do you do? Exactly. I, I we uh, I remember once. So Graham Graham Clark from Vancouver, who's one of the funniest comedians in the world. Graham Clark is. If you look up his stuff, he has a podcast that's massive too, and massive just like ours, just yeah. like this one. Yeah. 
And well, he's never had me as a guest on his, so I'm saying you guys are, got him. Uh, Get it together, Graham. You're behind the ball. <laughs> he's, so he has a Graham Clark has a joke where he goes, uh, he goes. A uh, friend of mine was trying to open a can, and the can opener wouldn't work. And he's like, "We can put a man on the moon, but we can't make a can opener that works." Because, dude, it's different guys on that shit. <laughs> but a Graham Clark That's came great. around with me once. Oh man, more than ten years ago. And we were, I was bouncing around to all the spots, and he just turned to me. He's like, you got to leave Edmonton. He's like, this, he's like, you're getting lots of stage time, but this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. And now you can find me uh, emceeing Absolute Comedy. That's how far my career has come. Emceeing <laughs> the Valentine's Day show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a pretty quick turnaround. I mean, I think it's a matter of two buttons and the thing's yeah. up on the internet. So we could we plug the show tonight. Yeah. It starts at uh, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock tonight at uh, Absolute yeah. Kingston. Well, you probably have a lot of editing to do. Bring your day. <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, we yeah. edit for sure. We definitely <laughs> we do absolutely not. have a program. Yeah, and not just an upload. Look, there's not been one. We've been lucky. Slow moment. We've been this lucky. Whole show. We've been crushing. Yeah. You know, one of the things I always forget to do on my radio show, which by the way, I love the name of my radio show. I don't toot my own horn too often, but. Yes. So I've had a radio show on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton for this March. It'll be 16 years. No one listens to it. I mean, it even predates podcasts. We have, we have yeah, probably a big crossover right. audience. Yeah. yeah. So we'll I, lo- I love it. So we'll it's share. comic genius spelled with a J. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I always liked Jeez. whenever I played trivia, if you guys are old enough to remember bar trivia, like NTN, yeah. used to play trivia in bars. And I would always, my team name would always be genius with a J. And so it's a visual joke on the radio. <laughs> yeah. But one it's of the things I, in our, layered. they do a review of your show. Like once a year, you sit down with the program director and they right. do a review. And he said, uh, you guys don't ever introduce your guest again. Like we introduce them at the start, but we never say we're talking to, I well, never throughout. do that. Yeah. Right. Because Should people be. are like, oh, we're talking. Uh, now I never think to do it. And people, people who listen to my show already know me. So it wouldn't matter. But that's the critique of my do you, are you catching what he's laying down right I now? I am no. catching what our no, guest for future what for our future guest today large ke- large <laughs> large <laughs> don't worry folks I'm Pete's not, off the show I'm he's, not tired fuck day. yeah again our guest today is Lars Kellio from uh, the famous Okanagan uh, comedy genius Okanagan. with a J <laughs> radio show out in Edmonton the Okanagan Comedy Festival and uh, tours all over the world. Yep, check it, check him out on uh, we'll yeah. call it social media and his website. Please, his web designer needs yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. Get on there, check it out. <laughs> was it was it extralars dot com? Yeah, I got them all. I got them all. Extralars gov. I got I cornered the market on extralars. <laughs> Although you toured the globe and snatched up all the existing true. accounts. Yeah, yeah. Instagram from California. Yeah. Website from Holland. Yep. Twitter from I don't know. If anyone's looking to make a cool eighty bucks on like TikTok or something, you don't know how to do it. Sign up as extra Lars. <laughs> drop it at the uh, actual Lars a message, and we're we're all set. So uh, oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, on that we're just over an hour now, so I'm gonna press the stop button after I press the sound effect. Uh, Damn, is that Pete, all? do you have anything you like to say for Valentine's Day? Uh, I'm no way. All right. <laughs>